The following recording is a presentation of the Brian Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome you to visit our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. And welcome to our service of Berean Baptist Church. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst uh, thereof. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey, to shed blood and to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have uh, daubed them with untempered, uh, untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you with humility this morning, unworthy as we are to be called by thy name, unworthy as we are to, to sit in this place and, and, and worship you. But your love for us and your grace have, have, have looked beyond our faults. And we praise you and thank you for this. We thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has shed his blood for our souls. We, we thank you for this church that you've raised for us in this place. And Lord, we ask that today you would help us to open our eyes and take a look around us and and see the indignation of the land. Just as you said unto your prophet here in this passage we just read, uh, our nation is filled with those that have no love or no respect for you. So we ask you to bless this morning. We ask that you instruct us and help us, Lord, to, to see the direction that we must go. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think today, God is looking for some men. We just read of the, of the terrible condition of Israel. And we see how 
disgusted God is with what he sees. And we see here that we read in verse 30 that the Lord sought a man. He looked for someone to make up the hedge, for someone to stand in the gap. But he found none. Therefore, great wrath was poured out upon the nation. I'm not a terribly old man. I'm 64 years old. Some of you are older than me. Some of you are young. Most of you are younger than me. But I've seen a great change in America. If you're 40 years old, you've, you've also witnessed a great change in America in your lifetime. But I've seen quite a change in my lifetime. And many times I, I stand here and I, I ask myself, when will the Lord get enough? When is, when is it all, when is he going to snap? And I don't think the Lord snaps. He does everything according to his will and purpose. But I think right now, and I could be dead wrong, but I think right now in America, God is looking for some men to stand in the gap. He's looking for some, some of his children who will stand up and stand between the wickedness we see in the Father, just like Moses did. And just as, as he stood between the plague and, and the people of God while Aaron carried out the will of God and, and Moses stayed the, the wrath of God upon the people. God is looking, I, I believe today, he's looking for, for people to, to stand in the gap. And if he doesn't find some, woe be to America. We just read this uh, and we saw the nation of Israel in, in, in the straits, in dire straits, the house of the Lord. Today, as we look in, in America, the house of the Lord is in disrepair. The priests are corrupt and immoral. The people are given over to a reprobate mind. I'm so disgusted by so many of the things I see on the television. The way that the homosexuality is being just poured out on the screen. Poured out for all to see. Poured out to, to influence our young people. You know, when I, when I was six years old, I had no conflict over my gender. I had none at all. But nowadays in schools, uh, the children aren't sure what their gender is. This is, this is and we laugh, and, and in a way it's humorous, but it's also disgusting. And it's so sick. How did we get here? How, how did we get to this place? If things are going to improve, if, if God is going to restore them to their former state, if, if they're going to find forgiveness and deliverance, some of them are going to have to stand in the gap and stay the hand of God's judgment upon Israel. Moses and Aaron did that very thing. I, I said just a moment ago in Numbers chapter 16, we read, And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put on incense and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. 
And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stayed. It was Thomas Jefferson who declared many years ago that the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. It has often been said that history repeats itself. And while this is not always the fact, I fear that history is indeed repeating itself in our nation today. We have traveled a long way down from the character and principles of the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence. Those men paved the way of liberty for an entire nation and for countless generations to come by their sacrifice. Today, men are paving the way for destruction and desolation for all the generations to follow by their corrupt and reprobate lives. I don't want to be vulgar today, but my wife and I were sitting last evening watching TV together. And a commercial came on. And two men began to kiss. And you know, I started crying. Because I said to myself, my grandchildren are going to be influenced by this. And young people all over this nation are going to buy into this wicked lifestyle. I told my wife, I said, you know, if you look back through history, the last stage of every nation that God ever destroyed, the last step was homosexuality. And when the nation turns to homosexuality, God's wrath comes forth. From the White House to the schoolhouse today, God, his word, and his principles are banished and forgotten. All that is good and right is despised and rejected. One but needs to look at the condition of our younger generation today to see the damage already done to the fabric of our society. And the worst is yet to come. Abortion and homosexuality are at epidemic levels. A study of history will reveal these are always, as I said earlier, the last stages of deprivation in a society before final destruction comes. But this morning, I don't want to stand here and leave us with no hope. While I personally do not believe there's much hope to turn America as a nation back to the Lord... I do believe that there is a remnant of true believers in America. And I believe many are sitting in this room today. And God will bless for their sake. After all, he was prepared to spare Sodom and Gomorrah, wasn't he? For the sake of ten righteous. Alas, they could not be found. And while inevitable judgment awaits this nation, and it is justly deserved... I know that God is faithful to those that love him and serve him. And I know that we can expect God to honor his promises to us today. Yet 
God is still seeking for those that will hedge the gap. Those that will stand in the way and preach, thus saith the Lord. And if this will be accomplished, it will not be accomplished by those that do not know the Lord. It will not be accomplished by those that are careless and foolish in their daily conversations or manner of life. It will have to be accomplished by those who are willing to sacrifice all for the sake of Christ in his coming kingdom. Consider the declaration of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3. Paul writes, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And listen, Paul had a lot to give up. Paul was very, a very important and very politically powerful man. And he set all of that aside and gave it all up so that he could preach the word of God. And this is what we need in America today. We need parents that will stand in the gap for their children's sake. And will preach the word of God to their children. And will teach them by the example of their own life. And will expect and demand of them that they live for and honor God. We need employees today. We need employees that will stand in the gap on their job. And not allow fear to silence them concerning righteousness and propriety and will boldly stand for right, even at the cost of their jobs, if need be. We need employees that aren't afraid to stand and stand in the gap and speak, thus saith the Lord, and give their testimony and, and be proud and, and be happy to, to tell of Jesus Christ in their lives. We need church members that will stand in the gap in their churches and not be content to let others do what they should do themselves. Be faithful to attend the services. Be faithful to work in the ministry. Be faithful to serve and use the talents that God has given them. We need men and women like Paul. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You know, I've thought about that statement by Paul many times in in my Christian life. And I've asked myself, can I say the same? Have I fought a good fight for the Lord? Have, Have I finished my course? Have I left things undone behind me that the Lord gave me to do? And unfortunately, I have to say yes. And most of us here, if not all of us today, if we are honest, we'll have to say the same. We've left some things undone. We, 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 but praise the Lord, you're still going forward, amen? Don't give up. You can't change what's happened. You can't go back and undo what, 
what's already been done. But as Paul said, I, I don't worry about the things behind me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of, of God in Christ Jesus. Go forward. Keep going. Keep at it. Consider John the Baptist. I'd like for you to turn with me to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew together. Matthew chapter, uh, let's see, 14. Matthew chapter 14. Let's look beginning at verse number 1. Matthew chapter 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch, Uh, heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in in prison for uh, Herodias' sake, his his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. I want you to notice that. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herodias, Herod's birthday was, was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, where, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being uh, before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. I'm not going to read the whole passage there, but you can continue to read later. Now, John could have kept his mouth shut, couldn't he? John could have just minded his own business, which is a popular saying amongst Christians today. Just minding my own business. I'm just, I'm not sticking my nose where it doesn't belong. But when John heard about Herod's incestuous affair with his brother's wife, He went to him and said something. You know what John did? He stood in the gap. And in so doing, John showed his zeal for holiness, his hatred of sin, his courage and faithfulness in reproving Herod. And his zeal, and his zeal, his willingness to stand in the gap over, uh, cost him his head. A price he was willing to pay, by the way. To stand, to be able to stand before the Lord and hear the words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Now listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be judgmental and I'm certainly not standing here this morning and trying to say that I've arrived in this area and I'm perfect. We, we, all, we all at times face things in our life that we're, we might be afraid to, to address. On a job, an employee might just sit back and say, well, you know, if I open my mouth, it could cost me my job, so I'm just going to shut up and I'm not going to say anything. But you know what? When I, when I found my last job, I was looking for one. And if I lose that one, I'll be looking for another one. <laughs> Don't you think God can give you a job? He gave me that job. God gave me the job I have. I, 
our school played out here. People didn't want to spend the money anymore, put their kids in school. I had to, we had to shut the school down. Lord gave me that job. We just need to be courageous like, like John was. John said, it doesn't matter what you do to me. I'm going to tell you what thus saith the Lord. What about Daniel? Huh? Turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. I think I'll put a marker there because it takes me forever. There we go. That's not it. There it is. See, you should have done like me. You should have marked your Bible before you came. Daniel chapter 6. And let's look at verse number 9. Wherefore King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in the chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. So we have here in Daniel chapter 6, King Darius had passed a law that said no man... May, may make any prayers or petitions to any god other than the king. And this was done to entrap Daniel because the men that hated Daniel knew that Daniel would, would obey God and would, would, would defy the order of the king. And Daniel did, but he didn't just do it. We just read, he opened his window and he knelt down so all could see and he prayed to God as he did before. He didn't, he didn't let himself be intimidated by the law of the king. You know, before too many more years pass, I'm afraid there are going to be laws passed that are going to, that are going to try to shut down churches like ours. Pastors are going to have to preach certain messages, and if they, if they preach against homosexuality, if they preach against abortion, they're going to, the, the law is going to come and say, you can't do that. You mark it down before, before too many years hence, we're going to be facing that in America. Daniel stood in the gap in his generation. I mean, he did not have to let others know that he was praying, did he? He could have kept his windows closed, made sure his lights were off, went in his corner and whispered his prayers. He could have hidden and continued to pray unto God, but he didn't. He stood in the gap. He let himself be seen. He let it be known that he was going to serve God. Like so many closet Christians do today. Men and women who live their lives in conformity with the world so as not to stand out and be known as Christians. But God's called us to be a peculiar people. Not, not to mean that we're supposed to be strange. But our behavior should be, should be so different than the world that when people look at us, they, they, they see the difference. Like Peter did at the world's fire when, when he stood, when Jesus stood on trial, Peter, Peter blended into the world at, at the world's fire, didn't he? He didn't want to be known as Jesus' disciple. He didn't want to stand out. He, 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 he conformed, even to go so far as to curse. To dry point the fact that he didn't know Jesus. That's not what Daniel did. 
Daniel went into his house and opened his windows and prayed three times a day as he did before. Daniel did what was right because it was right to do. Not because it was popular. Not because it would give him any advantages. Simply because it was the right thing to do. Without regards for his own well-being. Without concern for the cost of his obedience. Without fear of the consequences. What's the worst thing this world can do to us? Worst thing they can do is take our life. And that just sends us to be with the Father. It's not such a bad deal, is it? What are you afraid of? We have nothing to fear but fear itself. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We can, we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. He stood in the gap. Now I could go on for hours and some of you might think that that's exactly what I'm going to do. Today we the Christian community need men to stand in the gap. We need husbands that will love their wife. Forty-one years ago, I stood at a, I stood before a Baptist preacher, and I promised to love, honor, and cherish my wife. And sickness are in health, and poverty or in wealth, for richer, for poorer, or all those good things that we say at the altar. And that's exactly what we're going to do. My wife and I, that's what we're going to do. We're going to finish that, that course. We need fathers that will nurture their children. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how many fathers in our nation don't, don't, don't have any care or concern for their children. Don't take care of them. Just don't even care. We need fathers that nurture, that will nurture their children. We need employees that will labor as unto the Lord. I've got, I've got one or two employees. I've got to hunt them down every day to see what they're doing. They're, they're experts at hiding. It's like hide and seek. We need church members. That will honor the Lord their God. Not, not just for the hour that we sit in church. But for all the other hours that we're not in church. We need men that will not just talk about righteousness. But will by example live in righteousness. Today we need believers that will step up and be named among those that love and glorify God. Those who will set no wicked thing before their eyes. Those that will declare, choose you this day whom you serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We need men that will stand in the gap in this generation. Now, with just the last few moments this morning, I just want to give you three thoughts. First, I want to say this. If we will stand in the gap, we will, number one, have to give your affection 
to the Almighty. First, today, we need to give our affection to the Almighty. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, we read, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Jesus told us that we will place the most value and importance in those things that we love. And that's true. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, Jesus said, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And it is my experience that this is true. Where your treasure is, that's where your, your heart's going to be. If our affection is on the Almighty, first we will obey His word. Psalm 119, verse 167. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. If we truly love God, then we will obey His word. We will not need to be beaten into submission. We will submit because we love him. Yeah, I obey my wife. I do everything she says. And and she listens to everything I say. Don't know whether she obeys it or not, but she listens. If we, if we truly love the Lord, if our affection is on God, we will obey his word. But secondly, we will be faithful to his house and worship. Psalm 27 and verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We will be faithful to, to, to the house of God and we will be faithful to worship God. You know, I love my wife, so I look forward to going home after work every day. And if we love the Lord, we'll look forward to coming here and being with Him and to worship Him and to fellowship with Him. You know, the, the attitude we need to have is not, oh, it's Sunday, we gotta go to church today. The right attitude is, hey, it's Sunday, we get to go to church today. You see, if, if we, if our affection is on God, then we will love to be together. We will love to be in His house. And we will love to worship Him. But not only that, but next, we will love His people. We will love His people. What kind of, what kind of father is it that doesn't love his own children? I've known fathers like that, by the way. I've known men that despise their own children. Uh, I don't. I don't even know how to answer that. I don't. I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. But we'll love his people. John chapter thirteen. Jesus said, "A new commandment I give unto you." That ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. 
See, if our affection is on, is on, is on the Lord, then we're going to love the Lord's children. We're going to love the Lord's people. I've, I've known churches that, are, that have schisms. And, and I, can, I can honestly say, praise the Lord, thankfully, that on all the years I've been here at Berean Baptist Church, and it's going on 32 years, um, there hasn't been any of that going on. Oh, there's been little pockets. There's always little pockets of people that don't get along with anybody else. But as a rule, in our church all these years, we've, we've had love for one another. And we, we've treated each other like, like family. And we treated each other with love and respect. It's with complete certainty that we can state that one who will stand in the gap is one who loves God. And the degree of that love is seen in the life of each believer. As sure as we can discern between a buzzard and a butterfly... We can discern between a man who loves God and one who does not. So first today, we're to give our affection to the Almighty. But then secondly, if we will stand in the gap, we must gain our strength from the Savior. We must gain our strength from the Savior. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. God has graciously given each of us his armor of protection. But we must put that armor on. We must clothe ourselves with the armor of God. If we are, if we are to have the strength to do the battles that we must do. I have watched as countless numbers of Christians... Try to live their daily life in their own power. They fail to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in their life. And they foolishly attempt to battle the flesh and the world by their own strength and with their own experience. Yet, God's word clearly identifies that by which we conquer these enemies. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, John writes, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We can't, we can't, we'll never stand in the gap. We'll never take the stand for the Lord that we must. If we try to do that in our own power, we will be defeated and we will be beaten by the devil unless our strength comes from the Lord. Paul summed it up best 
In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul writes, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, I'm, I'm dead, but yet I live. But it's not me that's living, it's Christ living through me. I live in the power of Christ, I live in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how we must live our lives, yielded to the Holy Spirit. You know, allow me to quote Confucius for a moment. Now, Confucius was, of course, a pagan heathen, but he said the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And you know, Christian, we must live our lives day by day, step by step. Each morning when I wake up, I, I determine to live for Christ today. Not tomorrow, today. Tomorrow, Jesus said, take no thought for the morrow, because you got to worry about today. And that's what, that's what does a lot of Christians in, is they're trying to, they're trying to, they're, they're trying to live for, for the rest of their lives with the Lord, and, and, and not looking at the now. When you wake up in the morning, determine today I'm going to read my Bible. Today I'm going to pray. Today I'm going to walk honestly before men. Today I'm going to witness for Christ. Today, right now. And then tomorrow when you wake up, do it again. And the next day when you wake up, do it again. Because day by day, what did Jesus say when he prayed? Give us this day, what? Our daily bread. Jesus, Jesus was trying to teach his, his, uh, his disciples, you have to live this life day by day. You don't know if you're going to have it tomorrow. You, you don't know that. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will we'll come and, and then we'll worry about that day. But we'll live each day now. And we'll live for God now. And we'll witness for him today. And we'll do everything we do for the Lord today. And we need, we need to get our strength from the Lord each day. Today we, we either believe as Paul and the life which we have is not ours, but it's Christ. Or we do not believe as Paul. And the life which we have is, is lived for our own pleasure and desire. Only you can decide which way it's going to be. Today, let's live for Christ. Today, let's stand in the gap. Let's not tolerate the evil that we see every day. Let's, let's, let's stand against it. And let's try to do something to influence others to stand with us. So if we're going to stand in the gap, first you've got to give your affection to the Almighty. Secondly, you have to gain your strength from the Savior. But then thirdly, you have to invest your purpose in His plan. 
Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, Paul says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You and I today are here for one purpose. We are here to glorify God the Father by all that we are, say, and do. If this is not our purpose, then we need to search our hearts. In Philippians chapter 1, Paul writes, According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul said it'd be better for me to die and go and be with the Lord. But it is needful that I live and that I be here and that Christ live in me. Live through me. The vast majority of believers have given themselves over to the cares and concerns of this life. And most do not even realize it. A lot of people that, that where I work, we have 155 employees and the majority of them claim to be Christian. But I see them conduct their lives so carelessly and, and, and so centered upon themselves. It is time that God's people awake from sleep and see that this life is only temporary. And that the most important things are not the niceties of life. Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 told us, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And this this pretty much sums it all up. It, It pretty much defines us. What type of believer are we? Are are we a believer who his affections are set on the Almighty? Are we we a believer who gains his strength from the Savior? Are Are we a believer who invests our purpose in God's plan? Ezekiel 22.30 And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. That's, that's, to me, that's such a, such a discouraging statement that in the whole nation of Israel 
God could not find one man who was willing to stand in the gap. Is that the testimony of America today? Is that what we've become as believers? God seeking for men to stand in the gap? God seeking for men to, to stand up and, 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 and so live their life that, that we change the course of, 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 of these things before us? But is he going to find any? Am, am I willing to stand in the gap? You can't answer that. Only I can answer that. Are you willing to stand in the gap? I can't answer that. Only you can answer that. And maybe, maybe I can convince you that I'm willing to stand in the gap. And maybe you can convince me that you're willing to stand in the gap. But guess what? Neither one of us can fool the Lord. Neither one of us can fool God. See, God knows you. God knows your heart. And God knows whether or not you're a man or a woman or, or a young, young person willing to stand in the gap. We need believers who declare for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And then live in such a way to prove that they really mean it. I read a, an interesting commentary written by David Livingstone. He said, People talk of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Can that be called a sacrifice, which is simply acknowledging a great debt we owe to our God, which we can never repay? Is that a sacrifice which brings its own reward and healthful activity, the consciousness of doing good, peace of mind, and a bright hope of a glorious destiny? It is emphatically no sacrifice. Rather, it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, danger, foregoing the common conveniences of this life, These may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing compared with the glory which shall later be revealed in and through us. I never made a sacrifice. Of this we ought not to talk when we remember the great sacrifice which he made who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. You know what folks. There's, there's really only been. One great sacrifice ever made. And that was the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He's promised to never leave us. Nor forsake us. He's prepared a place for us in heaven. And he will come. And receive us unto himself. Anything he asks us to do in this life cannot be compared to the glory that awaits us beyond death's door. 
I sought for a man that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap. What are we going to do? The future of America is sealed. She's rejected God. She's rejected his word. Judgment is coming. And it is well deserved. But what are we going to do? The Lord isn't going to forsake us. He's not going to leave us. But he's asking us. He's asking us. As he, as he did Abraham. Find me ten righteous people, Abraham. <laughs> Find me ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, and I'll spare it. He couldn't do it. He wasn't able to do it. Let's you and I invest our life in serving, glorifying, and honoring God. Let's stand in the gap. For our children's sake. And for our grandchildren's sake. Let's stand in the gap. And let's stay the hand of judgment of God as long as we can. He's given us this opportunity. What are we going to do? Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Brian Baptist Church of Roner Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Roner Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us online at www.bebaptist.org.